This is Brunch with the Hollowells. Here's a quote from Sean. There are many universes and many Earths parallel to each other. Worlds like yours where people's souls live inside their bodies and worlds like mine where they walk beside us as animal spirits we call demons. I have no idea. I was about to say Golden Compass, and then you ruined it with that last sentence. Um, yeah, go ahead. What is it? Well, Rob, this is a little-known story called Golden Compass. Uh- it is Golden Compass! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got one! Sorry, that was probably loud in front of everybody. This was Serafina Pakala, who's the witch, who was played by Eva Green in the movie, but I just watched the series on hbo and it was so good and i love it so much very good see i had no idea who said it i had no idea the actress i completely erased golden compass from my mind but everything you just said was so golden compass (laughs) oh i'm so proud of myself but see i read the books like back in high school and I fell in love with them so like even though the movie wasn't great I still was like you know what I'll take it it was pretty good it wasn't terrible well nonetheless I got a quote and we're just gonna leave it at that this is brunch with the Hollowells. hey everyone we are back with episode three however we forgot to do something in our last episode our Heavy fans will know exactly what happened. We forgot to mention who our MVP of the episode was. I don't know what happened, where I spaced, but I was editing and I was like, we didn't listen MVP of the episode. So, Sean, let's take care of some unfinished business. Who would be your MVP of episode one and two. You know what? After much thought, I'm going to give it to someone who I don't think I normally would have given it to them. I'm going to give it to the Sea Hag. And the reason why I chose her is, number one, she has to put up with the name the Sea Hag, and she ain't that old or ugly. Number two, she comes in as a badass, and then we found out she's getting bullied, so I feel like she was a very, like, almost sympathetic villain. So I'm giving it to her. Uh, I am going to second that. That was my choice as well, the Sea Hag. Yes, I thought she was a wonderful villain, believable, and then also, like you said, finding out that she's under somebody else's thumb. It just worked for her. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. It was a great character. I liked her, and I loved her powers, too. I thought her powers were cool. So, okay, yes, crisis averted. (laughs) That is part of our show. In addition to Hot Man Meter, we do what is called an MVP. We pick a character who we just enjoyed just for what they are, who they are, what they did, what they said, whatever the case. We just pick our favorite character of the episode, which could be one of the sisters or the villain of the week. So uh, we will not do that again. You will hear the MVP along with Hot Man Meter. (laughs) So anybody who expected one... You guys are awesome. You definitely listen to the show quite well. And now let's get to episode three. We are doing Happily Ever After. The original air date is September 29th, 2002. 
written by Curtis Keel, directed by John T. Kretschmer. Guest stars include Sean Patrick Flannery as Adam Prince, Jennifer Rhodes back as Penny Hollowell, um, Natalia Nagulich as the Wicked Witch, Danny Woodburn as Dwarf. This episode scored 5.1 million viewers. I should say Danny Woodburn as Little People. They prefer Little People. We start with Piper, who is having trouble getting to sleep. So she busies herself by reading fairy tales to her unborn baby in the attic. Paige comes up and offers to make Piper a potion so she can sleep. But Piper isn't willing to risk harming the baby. Paige isn't a big fan of fairy tales, in part because they seem to be mainly about damsels in distress and wicked witches, not exactly good role models for the baby. Piper, however, thinks they're a good way of teaching values. Piper also admits to being nervous about carrying such a powerful magical child, but Paige assures her that she and Phoebe will be there every step of the way. So, I was... Thinking about Piper's theory on fairy tales being um, uh, stories that show good values, and all I can think about was Little Mermaid and the fact that she wanted to give up her voice for a man, uh, and also Beauty and the Beast, where the woman falls in love with her kidnapper. So I, this is just two <laughs> examples of many, many fairy tales that could sway either good values or bad. But, I mean, Sean, do you think fairy tales really do show good values? Um, On the one hand, I think they teach, like, the morals of, like, friendship and inclusivity. But on the other, you're right, a lot of the old ones especially, they do put females in a very, like, damsel light. So... I think kids seeing kids today seeing things like Frozen and Tangled and these ones where these women are badasses and they don't necessarily need the man to save them. I think that's more on the right track, but there's there's a value to get out of watching these love stories and romanticizing them, I think, but they can be dangerous. Yeah. See, I just think of the original Karen um who wore blonde Goldilocks in her hair and basically broke breaking and entering and just eating up everybody's food and judging the shit out of everything she touched. So I, you know, I, (laughs) I, I guess I, I see what you're saying for sure. There's just a lot on the other side of the spectrum, but I thought that was funny. No. Yeah, you're right. Especially to like Pinocchio and Peter Pan. When you read the actual stories, like they are straight up brats. Like I didn't even want to read Pinocchio anymore because I'm like, this kid's just an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In a fairway castle, the mirror on the wall from Snow White holds a powerful evil witch captive until it falls and breaks, setting her free. The witch kills the keeper of the fairy tales and traps his apprentice in the mirror. Freedom lost must be unwitting into the glass to do my bidding. She then asks the mirror who is the most powerful witch in the world. The mirror has to speak the truth and tells the evil witch that there are three other witches more powerful than her and shows her images of the charmed ones. So, um, 
So, witch, I just want to say that I'm sure there is a long list of witches that are far better than you. So, I love the fact that the charm ones are the only ones that were shown. I'm sure there could have been a long list of women that she had to go through before getting to the charm ones. But I <laughs> I guess this witch is considered the most powerful next to them. Is that what they're saying? I think so. I also wanted to point out that the keeper of fairy tales mentioned that um, these fairy tales shape children today. Would you say the same could be said about comic books in a way, Sean? Um, I have living proof of this one, Rob. Um, me, uh, I grew up on comic books. <laughs> and yeah, I think so, because I think comic books are very much like I don't know the right way to say it without coming off as douchey. They're like the masculine equivalent to the princess stories. And I'm not saying like girls can't read um, comic books. I'm just saying like everybody has a masculine and feminine feminine energy. So like you can see your action-y type stuff or you can see the, uh, the princess-y type stuff. And I think they both have a lot of the same values and I think in the same way they're both growing past their like destructive masculine roots and starting to include like different races and different you know female male gay lesbian so I think they're both going through the same change together very well said awesome so Piper fell asleep in the attic and wakes up fearing the baby's gone Paige calms her down, but has problems of her own. She's trying to make a a protection potion and can't get it to work. Piper doesn't think it can be done, but Paige says that Grams was working on one before she died. And Piper thinks Grams could help her with how to handle her baby. She has experience carrying a powerful magical child of her own, as well as with uh, raising her, Phoebe and Prue. Phoebe runs in. And she wants a vanquishing potion for Cole. Phoebe has a nightmare in which she was Cole's queen of the underworld again and is convinced he'll uh, come after them um, again as well. The Wicked Witch thinks uh, she knows how to kill the sisters using the fairy tale props against them. If her plans succeed, not only will the sisters die, but fairy tales will be changed to evil instead of good. So she conjures the woodsman from Snow White and sends him after the heart of the witch whose heart is white as snow. She then has the mirror show her Phoebe since she's been burned by love. The mirror looks in just as Phoebe rushes into work late. As she hurries into her office, she bumps into a guy, Adam Prince. And Sean recognized him right away. (laughs) Very good. Where'd you recognize him from? Mostly um, Boondock Saints. Yeah, yes. Boondock Saints is a great reference. Uh, Did I tell you, Sean, I met him. What? At a Comic-Con in Seattle. Yeah, he was at a Boondock Saints um, booth. Um, Norman Reedus was not at the table, but he was. And my friends had to really push me and encourage me to go up and talk to him and say hi. So I eventually did, and we even took a photo I can't say if I still have that photo, but yes, I did meet him. He was very polite. I could tell he really didn't want to be there, but he (laughs) was very polite. So, um, yeah. Well, it's good he was polite, even though he didn't want to be there. 
But yeah, other stuff that he's been in is, um, if you guys enjoy horror movies, he was in the uh, Saw 7 3D film. He was also Powder from way back in the day, if anybody remembers. Maybe unrecognizable as he had on lots and lots of makeup, but I think that was his somewhat breakout role. That's when I first saw him. But he's still strangely sexy as Powder when he takes his shirt off. (laughs) I know. I looked. I don't care. (laughs) I totally looked. Okay, but I love his name though, Adam Prince. You would think he was from Fairy Tales too, or was that just a huge coincidence? Right, you would think that, but I think they just made it like that for the show, just to go with the theme. But that's a little too spot on. <laughs> yeah, he's a fan of Phoebe's column. Just then, Cole walks in, much to Phoebe's surprise. It turns out that Adam's family owns several newspapers across the country, and Cole suggested that he buys the Bay Mirror. Phoebe pulls Cole into her office and warns him that she'll vanquish him on the spot if he harms her or her sisters. As she comes out, Adam asks her to go with him to a charity ball. Oh, a ball. At the St. Regis. Phoebe asks for a rain check. She's still shaken up emotionally over her impending divorce from Cole. And I actually like that she was self-aware that she is not ready to go out dating with anyone at this moment you know she is dealing with the divorce and a lot of emotions and yes she did confess her love for Cole in the latest episode but you know some people may want a distraction and go out with you know other people during all of this and um I don't know Sean what do you think about that like that whole transition between like oh I just gotta have a relationship I'm just you know on here dating just seeing where it goes and playing it you know like I guess if they're upfront about it it's cool but what do you think about like guys dating obviously when they know they're not ready to you know open themselves up to a relationship um I think if there's like a communication up front like i'm not looking for serious or you know i'm not looking for a relationship right now if that's set up front i think that's a little more fair but i also think it's hard for both people to be on the same page because one of them may say it's all right but then you know have feelings sooner than the other and then it could get awkward that way um for some reason i've always been that guy like I was trying for a little while to just, like, have fun and just, like, you know, date and not get serious. And everybody would be like, no, you're uh, you're boyfriend material and I'm not ready for that. I'm like, I just want to have sex. And they're like, no, you're boyfriend material. I don't want to get serious. I'm like, I don't want that. I just want to have sex. <laughs> I am a huge magnet for transitional um, men every single time somebody gets out of a relationship they manage to find me and sink their hooks in because they want somebody either completely different than who they dated or they want a nice guy to lift their spirits either way they always come to me i don't know how many times i always end up meeting somebody who's just out of something it happens it's it's you know i get it it's just i'm glad that phoebe was aware not to really you know go out even though she knows this guy's interested like it's clearly not gonna work so so piper wants leo to summon grams she's tried before with no luck and she's afraid of making a mistake with the baby so just then grams appears apparently 
Piper tapped into her baby's powers and made her wish come true. So this baby can conjure dead people now. Like, Sean, are you, like, happy for this baby or are you scared of how powerful this baby is? Mm, I think I'm kind of scared more for, like, Piper to have to try to raise this child who's apparently, like, uber- because she's going to have to make sure the child is on the side of good. But she's also going to have to try to rein in those powers. Right, right. To everyone's surprise, Grams is corporeal. And so Grams makes numerous suggestions. But Piper admits that they're all um, that all they've done is build a nursery. And so Grams immediately sets to work. Just then, Paige walks in and mistaken mistakes Grams for a prospective nanny and Grams hasn't seen Paige since Patty and Sam gave um gave her up and so Paige is somewhat reluctant to open up to Grams even calling her Mrs. Hollowell just then the woodsman barges in and he goes after Grams but Piper shoves her out of the way and the woodsman's axe scratches her the woodsman swings at Paige but she orbs out of the way and just as she orbs back in, the woodman the woodsman smacks her, sending her flying. Oh my god, that was a cool scene. Um, sending her crashing into the coffee table. Piper's wound heals itself, and she blows up the woodsman just as he comes after her again. I really love this scene. Um, so I just want to point out. Nobody at um, CBS Studios was pissed off that Graham's colored her hair red, even though she's in heaven, and yet they shit all over Rose. What's going on here? Right, I noticed that right away. Like, what are the the hairstylists like in heaven? Does she go to, like, angel barbers and they do whatever she wants to her hair while she's dead? (laughs) (laughs) But I do love her um, entrance into this. And, you know, Paige is like, aren't you supposed to be dead? And she's like, oh, I'm over that. (laughs) I just thought that was funny. I really enjoyed watching the woodsmen attack them. And again, just watching paper, pipe paper, just watching Piper be um, invincible against um, weapons, even magical ones, I think is pretty cool. Paige went flying. She got the shit smacked out of her. I just thought that was a really cool scene. (laughs) The Wicked Witch has been watching the whole time. The mirror tells her she only has until midnight to kill the sisters, but she isn't worried. She picks up the poison apple from Snow White and Cinderella's glass slippers, waves her hand, and disappears in a puff of smoke. Piper, Paige, Leo, and Grams are convinced the woodsman was some kind of demon. While Grams thumbs through the Book of Shadows, Piper finds the woodsman in her fairy tale book. Grams is pleased that Piper is reading fairy tales to her baby. Paige finds it hard to believe a fairy tale character attacked them, but Grams tells her that fairy tales are very real. And I'm actually very surprised that Paige is the one who's skeptic about fairy tales. Her past life was literally one of them. And, you know, they do bring it up in, in the in the scene, you know, like, they're real, you were one, and you didn't believe it until all that happened. So, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm just very surprised of her skepticism today. So while all this is happening, the Wicked Witch smokes into the manor. She slips the poison apple into a fruit basket and puts a gift box on the table before smoking back out. 
Phoebe walks in and opens the box. Grams tells everyone that fairy tales recount ancient battles between good and evil. And Paige is skeptical, um, but Leo reminds her about the evil enchantress. So Phoebe walks in and is surprised to see Grams. And Piper tells her about the woodsman attack. Phoebe says that someone sent her glass slippers that look a lot like Cinderella's. And she's convinced Cole is behind it. He knows Cinderella was her favorite fairy tale, and Grams points out that an evil witch sent the woodsman after Snow White. But Phoebe doesn't believe her. So while Leo checks with the elders, Phoebe puts on the slippers to prove Cole's involvement, and she doesn't think he'd ever physically harm her. Suddenly, her clothes change into a ball gown that looks half-finished, and the slippers start carrying her out the door. What'd you think of this dress? Um, I don't love it. It's weird. <laughs> it, like the way it's it's kind of just the halter top with the skirt, and they don't the the material doesn't even really fully match. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, that little curtain in the front. I didn't get it. But, um, yeah, so <laughs> Graham says to let her go, and Paige follows her just in case anything happens. Grams decides to put off helping Piper for now as far as the motherly um, advice and tells Piper the solution isn't in the Book of Shadows, but in the Book of Fairy Tales. So this whole like, yeah, I'm just going to put on the glass slippers, see what happens. What do you think of this? Do you think they should have just played along with all of this or be aware that it's a trap and don't do it? What do you think? I think it's smart to go with it because how else are you going to um, solve it? The only part that like I'm concerned about is <laughs> they just like let Phoebe get into the carriage and like, all right, I'm going to go home now. And then they're all just talking. Phoebe's being whisked away in this carriage and they don't seem to care that much. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. It's like earlier she's like, did you make the vanquishing potion in case Cole comes to get me? And all of a sudden now Cole won't hurt me. It's all good. Let's see how this plays out. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Cole's... I don't It's funny that they're so afraid of Cole, though, because he's done nothing to, like, indicate that he's evil yet. Well, I, I just think it's the, it's the amount of powers and the fact that they don't know his limitations, which probably isn't anything. So I guess mm -hmm. the just the fact that he's just unpredictable makes him kind of bad. But yeah, that is something that I'm definitely going to bring up later in the episode. At the St. Regis, Adam is talking business on his cell phone when the Wicked Witch smokes into the elevator where he is and kisses him, putting him under a spell. The witch tells him to make sure Cinderella is in the carriage by midnight. The slippers carry Phoebe across traffic while Paige chases her. Suddenly they stop and a horse-drawn carriage appears. The door opens and the slippers carry her in. Paige tries to pull her out but is repelled by a force field. Back at the manor. Leo says that if they don't stop whoever is using the fairy tales for evil, they could be corrupted forever. Paige is surprised. Fairy tales are already in print. However, Leo points out that every copy of a fairy tale is a manifestation of the original, which is guarded by the Keeper. Piper says that according to the elders, somebody killed the Keeper and took over his fortress. Grams is convinced that it's an evil witch. However, not even the elders know where the fortress is. Piper doesn't think they have any way of finding the Wicked Witch, but Grams thinks they can scry for her like any other witch. She suggests luring her back to the manor where they can 
vanquish her with a potion. Uh, so those glass livers cannot be comfortable stomping in the street the way that Phoebe was going at. Um, right, it looked painful. <laughs> it did look very painful. I wonder if they were, well, I mean, they obviously weren't made out of actual glass, but I just wonder what kind of material. Do you think it was like plexi or that gelatin sort of sandal? Like, Do you, do you remember those shoes back in the day, those sandals that were like made of like plexi jelly or something? Yeah, I think they're, weren't they called jellies? Yeah, yeah, probably so. I wonder if they were like jellies or something. Yeah, probably that, or probably like plastic or something. They wouldn't put her into glass and make her like walk like that. <laughs> so, it's funny, like, Piper is demanding Grams appear and help her with the whole, like, motherly thing, what do I do with the baby, yada yada. And the minute she gets here, she cowers under her. She's basically just turned to this, like, lapdog with no voice of her own. Why do you think that she just suddenly is cowering to her when she asks for her help? Yeah, I wonder if it's because she hasn't seen Graham since, um, since... Did she see her at all in season four? Uh, I want to say she popped in once. Um, I can't think of a time only because she would have most likely met Paige. But I, oh, well, yeah, season four, it was right in the beginning because she she tries to, yeah, she, she would have seen Paige, but um, no, Piper did see her because she was trying to bring Prue and then Grams came instead and said she couldn't come. That's right. Yeah, so that actually does go with my theory then. I was going to say it's probably because she hasn't seen Grams pretty much since Prue's death. Like, that was right after. So Grams is probably still this kind of authoritative figure in her life when she was kind of weaker. But now Mm -hmm. that we've seen Piper grow after Prue's death, seeing Grams again probably just kind of brought her back to that that, um, subvertive role. Yeah. That makes sense. So at the fortress, the Wicked Witch cuts off a lock of her hair and places it on the little Red Riding Hood cloak. She knows Piper is scrying for her and plans to lure her off the scent, just like Little Red Riding Hood was lured from the grandmother's house. Phoebe arrives at the ball, where Adam is waiting for her, and Cole walks up to them, and Phoebe accuses him of being behind the attacks. Cole is confused, and Phoebe walks away, and Adam starts to follow her. Cole tries to get a word in, but Adam will not have any of it. Cole twists Adam's arm, but Adam doesn't seem to be hurt. Grams is making the vanquishing potion, and Paige is surprised that Grams made it by heart. But Grams tells her that she wrote nearly all the potions in the book. Well, all the good ones. As Paige goes to get the vial, the poison apple glows and Paige stares at it for a second. Grams is pleased that Paige has grown so quickly into the craft and she even knows that she quit her job. Paige still doesn't feel right calling her Grams though, um, her grandmother. Grams understands but hopes that there's some room left in her heart for her and Paige realizes that she must have inherited Grams' stubbornness. So, two things that I want to talk about here. We'll go back to the um, charity event. So, Cole knows that Adam is not who he says he is. But sort of 
listens to Phoebe's request, stay away. I don't, you know, want to have anything to do with you. Don't do anything about it. Um, do you think Cole should have stepped in even more, or do you think he was right to just step back? Mm, I'm more on Cole's side because I think with the sisters not trusting him anyway, like I think he knows they're not going to listen to him and they just need to go through it. And I think he knows that they're capable. So I think he did the right thing. Yeah. I, I would say that as long as he is, you know, putting a close eye on them too, that it's okay to just kind of let them be. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Cole was right to just kind of pause it for now and just watch them until he does something stupid. <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to bring up is that uh Paige is not warming up to Graham's at all called her Mrs. Hollowell once again. However, when she met Patty, she was very welcoming on accepting the fact that's her mom and, you know, feeling very sad, you know, like, oh, you know, I met you even though you died, but yet Grams is not getting any of the love. What do you think would be sort of the difference with this? I mean, she says, like, I had a grandmother and she was amazing. And so it's hard to kind of just, you know, but she didn't do that with Patty, even though they only had like a small interaction. That's very true. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe because she didn't get along with her foster parents very well. So maybe she really liked her foster grandmother. So maybe that's why she's warmed up to Patty so quick because she wants the mother she never had, but she already had a grandma she liked. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that makes sense. I can understand that. Piper and Leo are in some nearby woods when they find Little Red Riding Hood's cloak hanging from a tree. Piper realizes they're off the beaten path, and if she remembers the story right, Grams is in trouble. While Grams is stirring the potion, Paige takes a bite of the apple. Suddenly, she turns into raggedy Snow White and slumps over dead. A wolf appears in the doorway and snarls at Grams. Before Grams can react, the wolf devours her and assumes Grams' appearance. Piper and Leo orb back in to find Grams, quotes, bending over Paige's body. Piper can't find anything in the book about poison, but remembers that Snow White was revived with a kiss. Graham suggests finding Paige's boyfriend, but Piper says Paige is single. Piper finds a spell that might help and speaks it. Hear our call for those who fall. Purge her to awaken from this toxic taken. But nothing happens. Leo thinks that if they vanquish the Wicked Witch, it could reverse all the evil she's done. Now... That scene with Grams getting <laughs> eaten by the wolf, like, Jesus, like, you see the wolf jump her and then all this liquid, like, shoots out, so it looks like it may be blood, I'm guessing, knowing where the episode goes, I guess it was spit, but, like, that was gruesome. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I was gonna ask you what you thought of this scene. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell their budget just went sky high on, on, on this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even, oh, I forgot to mention it. Even earlier, there's a part where Paige is, like, the subject of the shot. And, like, she turns her head to look behind her. And Leo's there. And he orbs out. 
And like even just the way the orbing looked, I'm like, oh, that's that's money orb right there. They got some money. They made that look good. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um, so yeah, no, I I thought the scene was was fun, and you know the whole shadow thing, and yeah, no, I I could, and that wolf looked gruesome too. So you know, I I liked all of that. But we're now sort of in the thick of things now. You know, the other two fairy tales have been assigned to the sisters. So, given your theory from last week, are you okay that it wasn't the baby that did this and that we're dealing with an actual witch trying to kill the charm ones? You know, Rob, I liked my idea better because yeah. in my head, the baby was going to actually turn them into fairy tale characters. So, like, they weren't aware of their current life because they were the characters. Ah, okay. I see. So the doorbell rings, and the seven dwarves have arrived, and Adam and Phoebe are dancing the night away. Phoebe assures Adam that she's not with him to make Cole jealous, and promises to fire Cole on the spot. Just as they're about to head out, Leo arrives and signals to Phoebe. Adam tries to follow her, but Cole cuts him off and accuses him of being evil. Phoebe is shocked to find that Paige is dead, but Leo tells her that the dwarves are preserving her body um, to buy her to buy them some time until they can vanquish the Wicked Witch. So the dwarves are surprised to find out that there's no prince on the way to kiss Paige and wake her up. <laughs> uh, one of them offers to kiss her, but the head dwarf warns him off. Piper grabs the woodsman's axe, and she thinks that if she's next, the wolf from Little Red Riding Hood will be right after her. Graham's quote-unquote scuffs. I love her scuff. Her smirk on her face as she's walking upstairs is amazing. Saying that um, it, saying that it one of the few fairy tales that isn't real. So they head up to the attic. <laughs> you think she knows that's a wolf? <laughs> Not our business. <laughs> that is the best line ever. <laughs> you can love that. But I also want to point out that Cole looked great in his tux. You have to admit, he looked pretty damn good. He does. He looks good. I really liked him in this tux today. Phoebe and Leo are about to orb back to the manor when Adam comes around the corner. He offers to give Phoebe a ride home when Cole shows up. Phoebe angrily punches him. Adam takes her hand and they run off. In the attic, Piper remembers that the wolf dressed as Little Red Riding Hood's grandmother. As she's reading how Little Red Riding Hood recognized the wolf, Grams turns back into the wolf and eats her. <laughs> Leo hears Piper scream and doubles over in pain. Phoebe and Adam are standing on the sidewalk when the carriage appears. Phoebe tries to run, but Adam grabs her and shoves her in. The carriage turns into a pumpkin and Adam picks it up. Just as he's about to smash it to the ground, Cole comes out and freezes him. Cole sets the pumpkin on the ground, then unfreezes Adam and knocks him out. What did you think of this scene, Sean? I mean, the stakes are high now. It's starting to get super dangerous. And I never expected the whole, like, because I was like, Cinderella, what's so big about that? Like, she kind of gets locked in an attic at some point, but none of that's going to happen. But she gets into a carriage and literally turns into a pumpkin. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it does start to get darker here. Like the fact that Piper got eaten, Phoebe's a pumpkin. Like, yeah, it was it was kind of dark. 
I can't believe the witch's plan actually worked, though. I thought this was a horrible plan. <laughs> I was like, why can't you just poof yourself in there and just kill the bitches? I was like, why you gotta go through this fairy tale crap? But her plan actually worked. I, I gotta hand it to her. Yeah, strangely it worked. So back at the manor, the wolf is skulking about, and while Leo waves the axe at him, the wolf leaps at Leo and suddenly blows apart. Piper and Grams tumble out, and Piper blew him up from the inside. Cole comes in, holding the pumpkin, and he swears that he had nothing to do with what happened. Piper is ready to go after the witch, but doesn't know how to find her. Leo suspects that the fairy tale book is a portal to the fortress, and so Piper thinks that she can get in using a fairy tale prop, so she puts on the little red riding hood cloak and grabs a vial of potion and is sucked into the book. The mirror tells the wicked witch that she still isn't the most powerful witch of all of all the world. And so the wicked witch is still frustrated and wants to know who could possibly be more powerful. Just then, Piper arrives all 90s sitcom style. <laughs> and uh, before the witch can do anything, Piper throws her potion. The Wicked Witch melts like the Wicked Witch in the West in The Wizard of Oz, and the apprentice is freed from the mirror. Piper fears for Phoebe and Paige, but the apprentice tells her that since she saved the fairy tales, she saved them all as well. And so all the stolen props have reappeared except for the one glass slipper. That story hasn't had a happy ending yet, and Piper hands the cloak back to the apprentice who is the new keeper. The keeper lets Piper borrow one more prop to get back home, and that's Dorothy's ruby slippers. Yay! Back at the manor, Grams must leave. Piper had thought she needed Grams, but it turns out she just needed to be reminded that she doesn't. The experience? That's some Harry Potter shit right there, like the mere <laughs> remembrance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the experience has taught Paige something too. She was reluctant at first to accept Grams because she already had a Grams growing up that she loved. But now that she's gotten to know her a bit, she can see that she has room in her heart for more than one Grams. They are sad to see her go, but know they will see her again. Phoebe has her own loose ends to tie up. She apologizes to Cole, realizing that he had nothing to do with all this. She explains that she doesn't trust anyone anymore, not Cole, not Adam, not herself. Cole, in turn, brings Phoebe to see Adam. Cole explains that Adam was just under a spell, but he's really a nice guy. When Phoebe wants to know why Cole is doing this, he explains that she needs to learn to trust herself so that someday she'll be able to trust him again. Because how in the hell are you going to love someone else if you can't even love yourself? Can I get an amen? Amen. Let the music play. <laughs> As Phoebe and Adam head off, the slippers disappear. Or the slipper disappears. Sorry. I am American, American, <laughs> <Wow>. American. <laughs> Red, white, and blue. Register to vote. <laughs> okay, so that was Happily Ever After. What did you think of the episode, Sean? Rob, here comes that awkward part where I have to admit something to you. Okay. I don't really like season five so far. I know we've only watched three episodes technically, but... I don't think they're that strong of episodes and they're kind of random. 
Okay, so what about this one makes it so random? Um, I don't, like, the witch, the way she just, like, the mirror falls and she's just out, and then Grams is like, oh yeah, fairy tales are real, they've always been real, have I just never told you that? It's just, like, to have the double episode with the mermaid, and then have this episode back-to-back where it's so heavy on fairy tales, and for it just to be such an afterthought, oh yeah, by the way, like... I think what I would have liked to have seen is a reason for fairy tale creatures to be coming out in the world again. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to, you do have a point. I, I do see where you're coming from. Uh, that is something that uh, I've noticed in season five. Now that you bring it up is that we are going to be introduced to a lot of things that necessarily doesn't revolve around the sisters. Uh, You would usually think that in this very specific, straightforward show, let's get the charm one so we can, you know, have evil, you know, take over. Um, There's a lot of things going on in the world that necessarily doesn't involve the sisters. And, And we are going to be exposed that, a lot is going on in the world of magic that is, you know, separated from them. And they are going to be discovering a lot of things that they had no idea was right under their noses. Um, hopefully in the future that it doesn't come off mm-hmm. as random as this one did. But um, yeah, no, I do see your point. Uh, this last scene, um, I, I do like that Phoebe was able to apologize to Cole, even though she still doesn't trust him. But, you know, that doesn't, you know, put Phoebe in a, in a place of like, oh, you know, I'm definitely just better than you regardless of what happened. I, she can admit to when she was wrong. And like you were saying earlier, Cole showed no evidence of being evil. What do you think about Cole right now? Do you think that he is officially good, you know, and, and ready to be trusted again? Um, yeah, he seems like he's ready to be good. The only thing that like, I'm kind of wary about is the fact that he does have all this power because they, you know, they say absolute power corrupts absolutely. So I'm just waiting to see, like, when he's trying to do good, is it going to become evil in its own way? Gotcha. Uh, I, again, another funny line from the dwarves is like, yeah, next time this happens again, make sure you have a prince just so you have your bases covered. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, we'll send you a bill. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. Uh, I did like those team of doors. I just thought they were so funny. But another thing that I kind of noticed is that sort of the resolution of everything that sort of happened with the fairy tales and how they got back to normal didn't involve a man for the most part. I mean, Piper got out of the stomach of the wolf by herself. She didn't need a woodsman to do it, which was technically Leo in this story. And as far as Paige, she wasn't kissed by a dude. It just happened because her sister saved her. And we can argue that um, Phoebe was technically saved by Cole, but I think that um, learning to trust yourself versus, you know, like go out with Adam cause he's good for you and you're supposed to be with the man and yada, yada. Like that wasn't necessarily the whole purpose of that. And so I like that all of these fairy tales were kind of resolved for the women and by women's perspective, as opposed to having a man save them. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. 
All right, so I am going to predict that this one was catch it late to you. It was, yeah. Like, the first two episodes we've done, like, they feel like more those middle-of-the-season episodes, not like, hey, let's jump into something exciting again. Okay. All right, all right. Well, hopefully next week will be a little bit better. We want to change that. We can't have you (laughs) (laughs) losing sight of this show. So Grams mentions that Paige has her mother's eyes. Coincidentally, Grams' mother is Piper's past life. If you remember from the um, 20s episode, was it the 20s? Yeah, I think it was the 20s. Yeah, Piper's past life was actually Grams' mother so weird to try to like process that i know um phoebe reconfirms that her favorite story is cinderella uh this was the this was first mentioned in the three phases of phoebe when 10 year old phoebe brought it up that's our prince (laughs) that's right (laughs) Paige dies for the first time in this episode so this makes her the last sister to temporarily die welcome to Charmed exactly Sean Patrick Flannery and Alyssa Milano appear together in the film The Diamond Hunters never heard of this movie but yeah looks like they appeared together before Oh, and I like this. So in an interview with Grew Monkey, I have no idea what that is, but Jennifer Rhodes, a.k.a. Patty, was asked if she had any funny behind-the-scenes stories to tell. So Rhodes answered, what happens on the charm set stays on the charm set, but she does bring up a funny moment that she remembers. So Holly and I were supposed to fall face down on the floor right next to the camera, I think this is when the woodsman came in. And when I landed, I heard it hurt and I muttered some it's obscenity under my breath. <laughs> and Holly said, Grams, did you just say? And then she said, no. And the cameraman said, oh, yes, she did. <laughs> so she- <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also wanted to point out that the... Um, sort of power that was used in this episode as far as spying on the sisters using the mirror on the wall is called um, catoprotomancy, and it's also known as enoprotomancy, which is a um, divination using a mirror. It's a very old technique. The mirror was turned to the moon in order to catch the lunar rays, So the sought-after answers um, were then thought to appear in characters of blood on the face of the reflection of the moon. Um, This is the very ancient form of crystal gazing. And in Charm, the users are able to look into the mirrors or other reflective surfaces and see other people or places at will. And it can either be a power of or magic activated through an enchanted mirror. So I thought that was interesting. Rob, did you know I had an Animal Crossing moment during this episode? <laughs> oh, really? What happened? Watching Grams as when the wolf is parading as Grams and it's standing in the kitchen scratching itself. I was like, she has fleas. I need to get my net and I need to get the fleas off of her. 
All right, well, this episode didn't uh, do it for Sean, but that's okay. Let's get to the hot man meter of the week. Stand by your man. All right, Sean, so we have some people to go through. There was a lot of dudes in this episode. Let's start with Carl Kierfalio. Uh, as the woodsman, would you like this burly bearded man as your top ten list? <laughs> um, I'd be afraid of him trying to chop down my wood, so I'm sorry, no. <laughs> all right, yeah, he's not going to make my list either. I like a face. I don't like all of that bearded mess. I, I love a good scruff, goatee, what have you, but all that beard is just too much for me. I can't do it. Then we have Sean Patrick Flannery as Adam Prince. What do you think about our uh, Prince? Does he deserve to be on your top ten this week? He does. I'm going to put him as number three, right under Dorian Gregory. All right. Nice. He made your top ten list. I think that he is a handsome guy, but I'm not going to put him on my hot man meter. I'm going to pass on this one. Because you've seen what he looks like now? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, all right. <laughs> then we have Danny Woodburn as our lead dwarf. By the way, I forgot to mention this. I actually saw him on campus at work. Wow. Yeah, I was so shocked, but the minute I saw him, I immediately tweeted, I just saw Danny Woodbird on my lunch break. I was so excited. I can't say why he was there. Uh, I want to say he could be buddies with Arnold Schwarzenegger since he's um, he has his own institute at, the, at USC. But yeah, he totally just popped out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, that is so cool. Um, but what about uh, Danny Woodburn? Would you put him on your top ten list? I'm sorry, I would not. You are not. Okay, yeah, he's not going on my list either, but what a funny guy. Um, then we have K.E. Cooter as the keeper of the fairy tales. What'd you think about Oldie there, our daddy of the episode? He's not my kind of daddy. No, yeah, he's not mine either. No. All right, but how about the new keeper, our apprentice, Charlie Sh Shannon? Does he make your top ten list? What do you think about this guy? See the one that gives Piper the ruby reds? Mm-hmm. All right. He's number four on my list. Oh, the apprentice makes it. Oh, that's so awesome. Okay. Very good. I'm actually going to pass on this gentleman, but... He is going on the list of potential most adorables. Oh. I thought he was adorable as the mirror on the wall, but um, yeah, not on my hot man meter. So maybe he'll be most adorable by the end of the season. Then we have our fellow dwarves. We have Atorio Gill, Clay Rivers, and Martin Kleba. So these are the dwarves. I think they had mostly the speaking roles. They were probably fighting over who gets to kiss Paige. Does any of our little people make your top ten list this week, Sean? Sorry, they do not. They do not. Okay, now I'm going to pass on them. Also, 
Uh, so it looks like Sean added some hot men to his Mita. He has four while I am still at two. Remember, everyone, to add anyone you thought should be on the hot man meter list of yours. Just add them and make sure to keep up this list as at the end of the season, I will be asking for all of you to email me or send me your uh, list of your hottest guys of season five. And I will put together a charming hot man meter done by our listeners. All right, Sean, we're not going to forget this time. <laughs> Who is our MVP this week? Um, I'm going to say <laughs> Piper's unborn child because <laughs> Jesus, he brought Grams back from the dead or she. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well um my mvp is going to be the head dwarf danny woodburn i just thought <laughs> he had the best lines and he's clearly has done this before he's just on payroll and <laughs> took care of business but i yeah i just thought he was hilarious so he's my mvp this week nice we have one more thing before we close up our episode. It was brought to my attention from one of our patrons that they wanted to have a segment where we would actually pick a scene, any scene, any situation, and ask ourselves, what would Prue do? Yeah, but I can protect myself. I mean, I have something that they don't have, something that guns can't even compete with. We're going to try this out, and I'm going to oppose the situation to Sean. Sean, let's say Prue was alive and well in this episode. What fairy tale do you think would be assigned to her? All right, so I gave some thought, Rob, and my fairy tale that I chose was one that was actually in the episode, but I don't think it was used right for the sister who got it. So for Piper, I'm sorry, for Prue, with her being very protective and blaming herself if anything goes wrong, I think she would have been Little Red Riding Hood, and I think it would have been a redemption story for her not being able to protect Grams, and that in the end she would have saved Grams from the wolf, and that would have been her kind of forgiving herself for Grams dying and letting it go. That's a very good one. I did not think of that at all. That's pretty good. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> I wish that I had an answer for this. I was really, really trying to figure out what fairy tale would match best with her, but I can't think of one. So I'll just piggyback on Sean and just say that Little Red Riding Hood <laughs> is a good choice. But, Does that make um, you the top? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, but yeah, I, I do like this. I think um, as the season goes on, there'll probably be another moment that will pop up. Or Charmy, send me any time that you see in an episode like, bam, I want to know what, Ch what Prue would do if she was there or how she would handle a certain situation. Let me know through Twitter or Instagram and um, we'll post the question on the show and see what we can come up with. All right, so that is going to do it for our episode. Next week on Charmed is Siren Song. Hmm, so continuing the fairy tale theme, I think we're definitely going to see sirens 
but I'm wondering if it's going to connect to the earlier episode where Piper turned into a siren and she'll somehow have a connection to them. All right, all right. Well, we will find out next week as we'll have another new episode for you. Thank you all for listening to this week. We hope you enjoyed our show. Enjoy the rest of brunch and your uh, Sunday, and we will see you next week. Sean, you know what to do. Goodbye, Charmies. Witches in town. But Sunday. Vanquish demon first, kill husband later. They'll have a little competition. Nobody hurts me and gets away with it, you little witch. Oh, she's bad. Yes, this. An all new charm. 